Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Hack to Start, a podcast that focuses on amazing people who have an interesting story or perspective to share and their insights on how they got to the level of success they have today. This is episode 137, and today we'll be chatting with Emma Nempton, the Senior Marketing Manager at Headspace, an app that makes meditation simple. In school, Emma studied psychology before shifting to international media and communication in Sweden. After graduating, Emma started her own consulting company, getting her first few clients through word of mouth. Emma then moved to Toronto and ended up joining the team at Hubba as one of the first five employees. There, she continued to deepen her skill set as a full-stack marketer and helped the company grow very quickly. Today, Emma is the Senior Marketing Manager at Headspace. Emma joins us to share her story, how she got into startups, what it was like joining the team at Hubba, how the app grew so quickly, what it's now like being in LA and working at Headspace, and much more. So once again, we'd like to welcome you to the show. Feel free to tweet at us at hack to start Drop us an email, hey at hacktostart.com, or share your feedback right on iTunes with a review. Good or bad, we'd love to hear from you. So let's get started. Hey, Emma. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're super excited, you know, to have you on the show and get to hear about your story and what it's like at Headspace. But before we dive into all that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Like, where are you from and what did you study? Yeah, so I'm from the island, uh, Vancouver Island. I'm from Victoria, B.C., And yeah, I studied psychology and then kind of shifted to study international media and communication science in Sweden for a year and then finished up at uh, at Royal Roads with a BA in communications. So had a kind of long winded journey (laughs) school wise. But yeah, that was that was the path. No way. That sounds super cool. And what drew you to Sweden? Was that just, you know, for the program? Yeah, just an exchange program. And I've, I've always wanted to go to Scandinavia. So yeah, it came up and just decided it was kind of the right move. That's awesome. So what was that experience like for you? Uh, it was pretty wild. I mean, I don't think I realized how different culturally, you know, Swedes are from Canadians. But I, I think like after being there for a few months, I, I noticed how like loud and abrasive I was in comparison to, to people who lived in Sweden who were much more reserved and kind of cool and calm, collected. But but other than that, I mean, I had, yeah, like incredible professors and studied in a city that was, you know, very, very ancient and had uh, like incredible, beautiful buildings and like filled with students from all over the place. So, yeah, overall, like incredible experience, but very different, very different from Canada. Wow, it sounds really cool. I've uh, never been that far north in Europe, but it's uh, it's definitely on the bucket list. Yeah, it's a must go. Yeah, for sure. So where did that passion for tech and, you know, entrepreneurship really come from for you? Uh, so, yeah, I, I come from a family, I guess, of of entrepreneurs. You know, my mom and my dad and my brother all own and currently own like their own businesses or run their own companies. So I don't know, I, I guess you could say it was kind of, you know, instilled at, at an early age. But I've always admired that that hustle factor, I guess, that that entrepreneurs have. And I just really love being in an environment where everyone has such an invested interest in what they're building. I, I find like I'm, I'm kind of drawn to that. So, yeah, probably my my childhood. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. It's always awesome to hear where people's, you know, inspiration and motivations come from. So after graduating, how did you, you know, kickstart your own career? I honestly stumbled into it by accident. When I moved to Toronto, I had just finished working for the Olympics in Vancouver and had just left a marketing role at a production company. And I had a meeting with Ben Zifkin, the CEO of 
of Hubba, and he won me over with his uh, vision and audacious goals for his company. And he somehow convinced me to sit around a small table with him and a few other developers and and join the team full time. So I basically a fluke, I would say. <laughs> no way. That sounds like an awesome story. And I want to get into it. But before that, before moving to Toronto, you actually started your own consulting company. So, you know, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, that that came out of the nature of me wanting to have a bit more freedom and, and flexibility on, you know, where I worked and, and who I worked for. But I would say that the biggest lesson that arose from that was around, I guess, self-doubt in, in the sense that I didn't think I would be able to to complete a project on my own, especially these these kind of big projects that, that were coming my way, which I would think were going to be, you know, too difficult or too challenging and kind of loops into that, I guess, is a lesson around scope creep <laughs> and managing revisions and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, I guess, you know, I, I realized how important it is to be picky and to go with your gut on on who you choose to work with. Now I know that, you know, I only want to work on projects that that really excite me and work with people that that I find inspiring and that I that I can learn from. Yeah, that's definitely so critical. So is that how you ended up working with the Olympic Committee? No, that that happened that happened before. That actually came straight out of out of university. It was uh I guess like a program that was affiliated with uh with Royal Roads um when when the Olympics came to Vancouver. Ah, okay, gotcha. Still really cool. It's an it's an awesome opportunity. So I mean, I guess along the same lines, how did you approach, you know, building your own personal brand and, and landing some of your first clients? For me, and I don't know if there's like the perfect answer, but it all happened pretty or pretty organically for me. I I completed a front end development program with with Hacker U and really kind of rounded out my my marketing skill set and, and that gave me the the technical skills, I guess, that allowed me to flesh out branding projects start to finish. So I kind of just dove into it. Like I built my own website from scratch and the majority of my clients came to me, I think by word of mouth more or less or through through friends of friends. So yeah, you know, I I'd kind of just honed my skills for platforms like Squarespace or Wix. So I was able to bang out, you know, websites on there super quickly. And I think that really helped in in me being able to take on projects that I initially thought would take, you know, a decent chunk of time and, and I could just finish in, in a couple of days or or a week. Wow, that's really cool. So coming back to, you know, Toronto and Ben and working at Hubba, how did that all play out? I mean, how did you end up meeting Ben? I was working at a, at uh, this production company that that had been acquired and kind of on, you know, look like on, out looking for my next gig. And I guess I was having another meeting at, at Dark Horse on, on Spadina in Toronto. And, and Ben was in the coffee shop at the same time. And, and we were we were introduced. And, and yeah, that's kind of how it happened. He started telling me about Hubba and what his plans were. And he's like, you should come in for a meeting. So so yeah, that's that's how it started. No way. That's a pretty cool story. So what is Hubba? And what was it like, you know, joining the team there? It was incredible. So I was uh, the fifth kind of employee to join Hubba when we started. I think it was 2011 or or something like that, maybe 2010. But yeah, I mean, Hubba is an, an online community and and a brand discovery platform that basically helps retailers and influencers discover and connect with kind of brands and and the best products in their industry. But yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing. I was there for four years, and yeah, I mean, like I absolutely loved it. It like holds such a special part in in my heart. Yeah, absolutely. So you had a chance to do a lot of different things while part of the team at Hubba. So can you tell us maybe some of the projects you had a chance to contribute to? I mean, I, I wore a ton of hats while there, naturally, as you do, kind of, you know, with a young, growing company. 
I, I kind of did everything from helped craft our, our digital marketing strategy, launched our blog, uh, managed our social accounts. But uh, yeah, I would say that, you know, some of the most interesting projects that I worked on revolved around really building our community of brands and retailers and hearing all of their stories. Like I really loved creating content around these craft brands that I got to work with and and kind of shining a light on them and helping them grow their their business. That was, I would say, like kind of the coolest projects that I that I got to work on. And yeah, aside from that, I, you know, I was lucky to do a ton of writing while I was at Hub. I published maybe over like 200 articles or something while I was there. And and yeah, like ran some really fun campaigns, you know, where we featured specific brands and would do very like in-depth interviews with them and and kind of share their story with with our community. So uh, lots of lots of fun stuff. Definitely tons of learning. And that's probably, you know, one of the biggest benefits to working for startups is you get to pick all that up. And so with all that learning, you're now a full stack marketer. Can you tell us a little bit about like, how you approach, I guess, expanding and, and building that skill set, given your academic background? which is to polar opposite. Yeah. I mean, I I more or less just learned from the people around me. So at at Hubba, you know, it was basically me and four developers and that's it, like around this little table. So I kind of had to learn what push to production meant and what a staging environment was, or else I would, I was just completely, you know, in the dark. So I think that kind of forced me from early on to really kind of push myself to to learn, you know, and to build upon like a more technical skill set. But yeah, there there's so many talented people out out there and I I feel like I just tend to kind of pick the brains of those around me, be it UX designers or developers or, you know, data analysts and then I guess I just kind of piece those skills together and and try to work them into various projects that I'm I'm involved in. I'm kind of just like constantly learning, I I guess. I mean, I don't know if I'm doing all the right things, but but yeah, I just always looking for new kind of like courses or, or boot camps to take and and just kind of always be, yeah, always be learning that that kind of like next thing, learning from those around me. Cool. Yeah, that's some really good advice. So are there some resources or like what should other people do to try to develop the same skill set that, that you have? I'm kind of just not afraid, I guess, to ask people to teach me things, which is probably a huge nuisance to someone who sits beside me. But, you know, I'm like constantly looking like leaning over my shoulder. Let's say someone's designing something in design and I'm like, oh, like, how do you do that? Or how do you build that, you know, character shape or what's the shortcut for this? And then, yeah, I'm, I'm just like constantly badgering people. But yeah, I, I just played at, you know, other people's strengths and kind of urge them to to teach me if they don't, you know, mind, I guess. And then, yeah, just kind of attend. I, I'm, you know, I love looking for, uh, even if it's just like one-off night courses or, or something like that, that's like a three-hour course on um, typography or illustration. Like I'm kind of just on the hunt for like quick courses that I can take or, you know, things that I can fit into my schedule that, that help me learn a new skill. Yeah, it's really cool. I think you make a, you know, a great point about badgering people around you, you know, to ask them a quick question. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, people probably think I'm <laughs> the worst, but... But it's so helpful and everyone's so smart, you know, everyone's so smart uh, around me. I feel like wherever I've been in these last few years that it's like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you ask them? And and people love sharing their skills, something that they're really good at and really passionate about. I feel like they're typically, you know, more open to, to helping you learn, too. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it totally makes sense. But, you know, sometimes I think that you're scared to put yourself out there. But when you do, you obviously, you know, pick up those skills that much quicker. Yeah. And I mean, even I, I remember like one time at Hubba, we have, you know, this like really talented um, UX designer. And 
I asked him if he wanted to host like a little lunch and learn, but selfishly it was, you know, just for me because I also really wanted to learn Illustrator and and knew that he was just like a complete pro at it. So so yeah, like he, you know, he said, of course, like I don't mind. So we just set up like a little lunch and learn where he did a, you know, an hour session and came with exercises on how to, you know, mimic certain logos. And it was so helpful. And I I mean, I think he loved doing it. It seems like he loved doing it because, you know, we got to do what he knows and what he's really good at. So that was kind of one sneaky way, I guess. Nice. <laughs> I got to learn. Yeah. That's very cool. So Hubba grew very quickly while you were there. What were some of the most effective channels and tactics that you leveraged to see that growth? Yeah, so we did we did a ton of things at, at Hubba that, you know, don't necessarily scale, but were so helpful for us early on, including a ton of community outreach and, and kind of like relationship building. But I also did some uh, word of mouth, I guess, marketing hacks, kind of if you will. So, you know, like I flew down to Texas to this big data like master data management conference where I I slipped these like cheeky flyers that we created underneath the hotel doors of all of the conference attendees Ooh, in the I middle like of the night. Yeah, it was. And I, I can't even take credit like for the idea. It was Ben's idea, but I was his minion to go, you know, deliver the task, which was terrifying. But but yeah, so for us, I I think we were always kind of looking and, and looking for ways to create some noise, I guess, and, and kind of constantly test out out new ideas. That's really cool. You didn't get caught by the hotel staff or anything, anything like that? I did. No, you <laughs> did? did? Yeah, I did. Well, I wouldn't say caught, but I, I got I got questioned out of, out of four in the morning. And, and it was, you know, I just pretended like I wasn't doing anything wrong. Kind of just like hid my little flyers under my jacket. And I was like, because I was staying there for the night. So they couldn't really do anything. But I was like, you know, they're like, oh, you're like up early, you know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just can't sleep going to bed. So. That's amazing. Such a funny story. So after sneaking around in the middle of the night down hotel hallways, you know, you ended up joining Headspace just a few months ago. Um, so for those who may not know or be familiar with Headspace, can you tell us more about the company and how you ended up joining the team there? Yeah, of course. So yeah, I guess to to start, you know, with the first part of your question, um, Headspace's guided meditation app. And yeah, we have, you know, nearly 12 million users worldwide and over 400 hours, I think it is now, of, of guided meditation content that kind of covers topics on everything from sleep to anxiety, focus, creativity. We even have cooking meditations. Um, yeah, like I, I like to think of of Headspace as a gym membership for, for your mind. Yeah, our founder, uh, Andy, spent 10 years as a Buddhist monk in, in Asia, studied across a ton of different monasteries. And how how did I get to Headspace? I mean, I've, I was a, a Headspace user for the last few years, so have been, you know, more or less like following the company for a while. And um, I'm just such a huge fan of the product and such a firm believer that if more people practice mindfulness, I, I really believe that the world would be a better place, as cheesy as, as that sounds. But yeah, that's that's kind of how I, I came to be. So yeah, following the company for a while and kind of keeping in touch with the founders who I met at a talk at the Soho House actually in Toronto a few years ago. And so yeah, I just got in touch when I was thinking of moving to LA and they put me in touch with the new VP of marketing and the head of business development and we just had chats and I guess liked each other. <laughs> that's really cool. And so what what's it been like, I guess, moving from Toronto to, to LA? It's been great. I mean, it's very different like there's a different you know there's a different vibe in in LA than there is in Toronto obviously the weather is very different which was a huge draw to me coming out here but but yeah there's like hustle here that that I really 
really enjoy. And I don't know, there's just a great energy, I feel like, to to the city, to like to LA now more than ever. A lot of people are kind of noticing that there's like this draw to the city more than there has been in the past. And I, I love how everyone who who comes here is really I mean, it sounds lame, but comes here to like make something happen. Yeah, I think with that also LA like attracts a lot of really interesting, interesting people with very interesting projects on the go. That's really cool. And so I guess I, I'm not sure, like, is there is there more of a difference between the startup scene in, in Vancouver, Toronto and LA? Like, can you, can you tell us a little um, bit more about that? Yeah, I it feels uh, different, I would say, in LA, you know, when I first moved here. And, and granted, I'm still brand new, but I, I didn't think there was as strong of a community as there is in in Toronto. And I I don't know much about Vancouver. I hadn't spent a ton of time um, living and working there. But I think that could also be the fact due to, you know, I'm new to to the LA tech scene. I think there are a ton of events here. You know, there's General Assembly here, like in Santa Monica, and I know they do a ton of events, but maybe there's also too many, which can make it difficult, you know, to cut through the noise and, and find the good ones. I feel like in Toronto, the tech community is so much more tight knit but maybe that's just due to size. I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm the best person to ask. But yeah, it, f- it feels different. I just can't really put my finger on it. Cool. No, I mean, it sounds exciting. It's always great to be in, you know, a city that that's buzzing with energy and, and cool new people to meet where things are happening. Uh, it's always it's always exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's terrifying. But yeah, it's exciting for sure. For, for sure. So you mentioned that, you know, there's a you think more people should should practice mindfulness, but there's definitely been more of a shift towards mindfulness mm-hmm. in, in recent months, it seems, and, you know, taking care of self-health uh, and, and happiness. So what role does, I guess, Headspace see itself playing in, in this growing trend or, or industry? At Headspace, we have this in, insanely kind of like audacious, lofty goal to improve the health and happiness of the world. And I, I think we're well, you know, suited to do that. And I... I mean, it's it's obvious that we're living in a very kind of fast paced world and we're ingesting information all day long. And yeah, I mean, I, we just think and, and I think that everyone can benefit from slowing down and, you know, sitting in silence is is difficult. You know, don't get me wrong. And forming a, a habit is difficult. But I think that meditation is an amazing breather for the brain and, and can help bring, you know, more clarity and focus. Headspace basically wants to create the most engaging and and comprehensive meditation app out there and be available to as many people as possible because we believe, yeah, that the benefits are huge. So that's that's kind of where we see ourselves. Yeah, really kind of building out the most comprehensive guide to to guided meditation spanning across a ton of different topics. That's awesome. It's definitely an incredible goal to try and improve, you know, the the happiness of the entire world. But I definitely think that you guys are well suited to, to do that. And so I guess kind of expanding on that, what do you guys like put into the bucket of mindfulness? Like, how, how do you define mindfulness personally or, or as Headspace? Yeah, I mean, to me, I guess mindfulness is simply, you know, being present. I, I think it's about being uh, self-aware and and conscious of your feelings and kind of state of state of mind at at a given moment. I can't necessarily speak to what it means for Headspace for or you know to to Andy or or Rich our our founders, but yeah, that that's kind of what what mindfulness means to me is just being more being more self-aware and being more more uh, in the moment. That's awesome. So, I know it's only been a few months since you joined the team, but what have been some of the early projects you've had a chance to work on so far? Right before the holidays, I was working on a, a really cool project of this holiday, kind of a gifting campaign that was focused around uh, mindful eating. 
And we partnered with a chocolate company and sent a chocolate bar alongside a subscription code for Headspace and created this awesome stop motion mindful eating exercise video. And yeah, I got to build out like an e-commerce site to handle, you know, that part of the checkout flow and basically had to create this mini like Amazon fulfillment center in the back of our office that no one really knew about until like a month later when people would stumble, you know, into the back to go get something. But yeah, we had to do that in order to get all these packages out for the holidays. But that was a fun one because we kind of got to test coupling Headspace with a, with a physical product and to see kind of like what that experience would be like based on the fact that we're like a digital service. So, so yeah, that was really cool seeing how that kind of all came to life. That's awesome. And so looking forward into 2017, what are you most excited about it for Headspace or, or, or even yourself, you know, as part of the company, any, anything you can share with us that, that we should be, you know, looking out for? I'm personally really excited to expand Headspace into, into the workplace and, and really, you know, integrate into office culture. At Headspace, we hold group meditations twice a day. And yeah, we've just found ways to kind of weave it into our culture. And I think that it makes for a much more kind of cohesive team and, and can increase productivity at work. So yeah, I'm just like really jazzed about, you know, the potential to like demystify meditation at the office and make it not seem crazy to just sit in the corner of an office and close your eyes and, and meditate. I'm looking forward to kind of like breaking down those barriers because I think once we do that, we just have such a huge opportunity to reach so many more people where they spend, you know, eight hours of their day. So yeah, that's something that that I'm I'm looking forward to. That's really cool. So speaking about making, you know, mindfulness part of the the work or office culture, are there any other startups that you guys are aware of that do a really good job at it in, in terms of like weaving it into their culture the same way you do? Yeah, I mean, we're we're constantly kind of sharing sharing tips with other with other companies that we work with and and everyone, you know, all of our kind of I guess like business business partners or business clients that that use Headspace at work are looking for ways to implement and integrate I guess meditation into into the workplace, but you know, I think Google does a really amazing job at this. They hold what they call group sits, which are just like group-led meditations at work and have designated silent rooms in their office where where you can get some Headspace or you can have, you know, a meditation session. So they also have an entire program, you know, they'll teach like mindfulness 101 classes and and all this kind of stuff, which is amazing and so awesome. And same goes kind of with LinkedIn. You know, I know that they do some really cool stuff as well. But yeah, I'm noticing that other companies are getting so creative with with how they're integrating mindfulness into, into the office and are doing competitions and hosting, you know, like sleep fairs or mindful eating lunches or starting to do walking meetings. And yeah, it's, it's really cool to see. Like, I feel like there's just having this like trickle down effect of companies becoming becoming more mindful. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a really interesting shift. So on a bit of a different note, if you could go back in time and share some advice either about life or startups with a younger version of yourself, what would you say? I think I would say don't be scared to admit what you don't know. I think, you know, recently I've noticed that the people that I really admire the most are the ones who are the first to stand up and admit when they don't know the answer to something. And I find that really admirable. And yeah, I, I just think that's such a kind of cool thing to do just to like take a stance and be like, you know what, I actually don't know the answer to that or I don't know like the right way to navigate this. And, and I think that that's just, I don't know, it's just like operating in a very honest way of being. So yeah, I think admitting when you don't know something is what I would tell myself. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no, it makes makes total sense. So changing the subject a little bit, what are some of your favorite or go-to apps and tools, you know, that that you really love? So besides 
headspace or <laughs> yeah besides headspace yeah yeah so i don't i realize that i don't you know use a ton of a ton of apps or definitely ones that aren't aren't new so to speak but i did recently subscribe to a really great email newsletter from scott keys but it's nothing to do with business or marketing and he just scours flight deals all day and just like blasts out really amazing deals so like that's my that's my latest like go-to. Nice. Planning yeah. a trip soon or? Just constantly. I just love adventures. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you have any recommendations maybe on some great content in that case, like books, videos, blog posts, anything that, that, that sort of come across your, your docket? I'm a pretty, you know, I'm a pretty avid podcast listener. I, I read, I recently did a big trip to um, India, Sri Lanka and and Indonesia where, where I smashed a ton of books. But now that I've been back, I've just been um, kind of like listening to a ton of podcasts but yeah huge fan of of reply all of you know npr's embedded been really into heavyweight lately and homecoming yeah like a constant rotation of this american life nice those are some solid podcasts for sure yeah so they're so good we'll make sure to, to link to them so other people can check them out if they haven't had a chance yeah. to, to give it a listen so do you have any last thoughts or personal models that you live by and you think other people should know about i like the motto of of doing I don't, can you, can you say shit on this podcast? I'm sure you can. Oh yeah. Of, you can say whatever you okay. want. Okay. <laughs> doing, doing shit that scares you. Yeah. I've, I've had the most successful moments, you know, come from times when I felt, I guess the most overwhelmed or the most scared by something, be it, you know, an opportunity or, or a big life challenge. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm a pretty big advocate of change and, and just constantly doing sh- shit that scares you. Yeah, I couldn't think of a better way to end the episode. Emma, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It was amazing to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Yeah, so nice, so nice being here. Thanks for having me. Well, that's another episode of Hack to Start. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Remember to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well as on the web at hacktostart.com. We honestly couldn't do this show without your awesome support. So if you liked what you heard, feel free to share it on Twitter or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again, and until next week.